patriarchs and the matriarchs in this, you know, hall of faith teach us a different principle about faith and how faith actually behaves. And so these examples that we're going to go through today show us the spirit of faith. Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commanded, commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Okay, so we're going to discuss several elements of faith today. Starting with Abel, with Abel here, we see that sacrifice is a keynote of faith. Sacrifice is a keynote of faith. Abel offered what? A better sacrifice. He offered a better sacrifice, and because of his sacrifice, he was considered righteous in God's eyes. He was made righteous in God's eyes. And by the sacrifice of his unblemished lamb, right? He sacrificed his best, his best because of his sacrifice. It was made in faith and obedience. The scripture tells us that his faith still speaks. Do you want your faith to always be speaking? I want my faith to always be speaking to others. So this right here, we know, is a type and shadow of Jesus, the one who made the ultimate self-sacrifice of his own blood, the spotless lamb, the holy one. And Jesus, what? His blood still speaks on our behalf, does it not? It is your salvation. His blood, it's your salvation. So Abel made the sacrifice, and in, in, in the Amplified, it says, and by faith, verse 4, and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. So when we accept the blood sacrifice, what Jesus has done, we've studied this in recent months, we're made perfect in Jesus, right? We're made holy. You're made righteous unto God. Hallelujah. That's, that's a treasure. That's a blessing. You get to stand in that. Jesus gives us life out of death, out of every dark situation. Jesus gives us life. 
So that, that's both personal, you know, that's like eternal, but it's also life out of the seemingly hopeless, difficult, strenuous things that we face in our daily lives, right? He's, he's the life giver. He's the life bringer. And we receive that life in the power now, in the power now of the Holy Spirit, right? He sent us the Holy Spirit. And we receive his intercession on our behalf through the Holy Spirit, don't we? Right? Hallelujah. So, faith often requires us to do something. It often requires a sacrifice. We may think it's a sacrifice, but in reality it is never really a sacrifice. It might seem like a difficult thing, but there is no sacrifice that you will ever make unto the Lord that will not be blessed, that you will not receive blessing from. So it may seem like a sacrifice, but in reality it is victory. There is victory in the sacrifice. There is victory in obedience to the Lord. And there is an overcoming faith that comes when we die to self. Did Jesus die to self? Must we sometimes die to self? It is our victory. <laughs> it is our victory. Hallelujah. See, Cain could not die to self. He didn't give his best. He didn't offer the best. He didn't make the sacrifice that, that would have pleased the Lord's heart, right? What, what happened when he, and then what happened when he didn't? Okay, this is interactive. I, you know, What happened when he did not do, when he did not give his best? What happened? Envy, thank you! He became jealous. What in the world was he jealous of? He had nothing to be jealous of if he had done the right thing. There would have been no need, right? He became jealous because he chose not to do his best, and then he killed his brother. We just need to be concerned about doing our best, giving our best, listening to the Lord, doing what he has asked us to do. This is not a competition. You are not here to compete with other people. We are here to please our Father, okay? So he didn't sacrifice his best. His lot was, Cain's lot was his own doing. And then he wants to blame his brother. Well, what kind of sense does that make? Does that make any sense at all? None. It makes none whatsoever. How, how much sense is it to say, I'm not going to do my best, but I'm going to expect the best? You see that? You understand that? So, if he had died to self, if he had offered his best sacrifice, who knows what blessings would have come upon Cain's life? Right? That's faith. Offering our best unto the Lord, even when we don't see the answer. Even we, when you don't see the blessing. Even when the blessing's not in your hand. So, Okay, you know, I don't talk much about the tithe. But have you ever thought about maybe that's why God requires a tithe? Because he knows that we want to hang on so hard to the material things in this life. 
And do you ever think maybe that's why he gives the promise associated with the tithe? That he's going to rebuke the devourer on your behalf? Because out of that sacrifice, he can bless. And he does bless, and he even tells you that you can prove him in that. So anyway, have you ever heard this phrase, um, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? Have you ever heard that? That phrase stinks. You should never use that phrase. It is so against faith. It is so dark to think that way, to say that. Right? Because it's saying what I have now, what I have right here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be safe with this. Right? Well, that's not how faith sees. Faith does not see that way. So that, that phrase, a bird in the hand is better, that is not a faith phrase at all. It is the antithesis of faith. Please don't ever use that again. You, do, you want to be in the realm of faith at all times, and you don't want your words and your thoughts coming against that. Faith often requires us to let go of something to receive the promise, to let go of things to receive what we hope for, to let go of things to receive the better hope, okay? And we cannot walk through life tight-hearted and tight-fisted. Unless I let go sometimes of what I have right in front of me, of what I have right in my hand, I may never see the blessing. I may never see the fruitfulness of what else God has for me. Because I need to step out in faith even when I don't see it necessarily, when God has told me to do something. Every day of our lives, we should challenge ourselves to say, God, what do you want me to do today? Because I will do it in faith, even if I don't understand or see the perfect results right now. We all have to sacrifice something sometimes to break through into the heavenly realms. Okay? Abel had to give up that lamb, his best. Abraham had to leave his country. Everything that he was familiar with, he had to let it go. Sarah, what did Sarah? Sarah had to give up control. She was a bit of a control freak, wasn't she? She had to give up control. We must see always with eyes of faith because God will always reveal his best when we do that. He is just urging you on to see his best and to step forward to take hold of it. So in Abel, in Abel we see what? We see the crucified Christ, the sacrificed Christ. And, and we have the boldness, we receive the boldness through the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood, we receive that boldness and that invitation to live behind the veil. Did anybody in this room just hear what I said? Maybe I'm more excited about this than you are. Y'all understand what living behind the veil is? 
It is everything that Christ has. It is the fullness of our Lord. It is the fullness of Jesus. And you get to live there by his blood just because you love him. It puts an ending to your striving and, and your, it gives you rest. So anyway, the scripture tells us that Abel's faith is still speaking to us today. The blood speaks over you today. Death making a way unto life for you unto victory. Okay, let's move on to Enoch. <coughs> Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found. I plan on being raptured too. How many of you plan on being raptured? Good. <laughs> because God had taken him. <coughs> For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. It might be a little warm in here. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must, here's the faith, believe that he exists. Your faith is not in you. Your faith is in Jesus. Your faith, Jesus is the word, period. The word, Jesus. There's your faith. Not in you, not in your works. Not in the good the neighbor can do you, if you do the right thing. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what do we see in Enoch? <clears throat> in Enoch, we see the Christ glorified. That's what we see. Abel, Christ crucified. Enoch, Christ glorified. We see <coughs> with him, Jesus, we see our lives glorified in him. Your life is glorified in Christ. He has given you the glory that the Father gave him, that scripture, okay? So Enoch did not see death because he chose to walk with God. He chose to have a heart after God. He chose to be in the presence of God. We all have that choice to make. We can walk around down on this earth and just get to heaven and, it, okay, that's, a, that's not, not okay in my book, but okay. Or we can choose every day to please our Lord, to please him. What, what, what did Jesus say when he came? He came to please the Father, okay? Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as for working for the Lord, not for men. Not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance. Hallelujah. It's a promise of God. You will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. He rewards those who diligently seek him. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. A heart to serve God in all things. 
the littlest to the biggest. If you're taking care of babies, you're serving the Lord. You're serving a meal to someone, you're serving the Lord. No matter what it is, do it as unto him, and you will receive a reward from him, which is much better than any reward you'll ever get from any human being. We are not here for the approval of men. We are here for the approval of our Lord, our Father God. So, Enoch's faith drove him, his faith drove him to earnestly seek God, to earnestly, and he was rewarded. He did not taste death. The scripture tells us in Genesis that he walked with God. So can I tell you what that, what, what the word here means? It says, they shall walk, listen, listen, they shall walk in his name. Praise the Lord. I want to walk in his name. I want to present Jesus. I want to walk in his name. I want to do his good on this earth. I want to be his power on this earth. I want to be his blessing on this earth. I want to be his love on this earth. They shall walk in his name, and everything that means in intimacy and fellowship, in power and blessing. Okay? So Enoch shows us the walk of faith. Faith causes us, listen, this is so beautiful. Faith causes us to walk in the dimension of heaven. You see, I'm always going to expect God's most, God's best. I'm never going to expect any less. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what anybody else says to me. You will never convince me to accept or to believe less than what this word tells me I can have. It doesn't matter what this world comes to. I'll never believe for less than this. And people will call you foolish for that. But where is the, who is the real fool in that situation? So Enoch was taken from this life, and he was lifted straight into the presence of the Lord because he pleased God. He walked a walk that pleased God, and he was rewarded. And we will be rewarded with God's goodness, and we will be rewarded with his perfect blessing. Now, does that mean that you're perfect in your flesh? Hello! Thank you! You can't be perfect in your flesh. So don't think I'm preaching this like condemnation scripture or condemnation gospel. None of us can ever be perfect in the flesh. That's why you needed the blood. That's why you got the blood. Because it's Christ who perfects you. And what does grace mean? Do y'all remember what grace means? It means that he sees the ultimate in beauty in you. That's not a license to sin, but that should be an encouragement. That's right, Elias. <laughs> so anyway, because of his faith, there are three things that the scripture tells us about Enoch. 
It says he walked with God in Genesis 5, 22 and 24. It says he pleased God in Hebrews 11, 5. And it says that he witnessed for God in, June, in Jude 14. Okay, he witnessed for God. Do you want to bring the testimony of Jesus to other people? Yes. See, we get to. What a blessing, what a privilege, what an awesome responsibility. See, Enoch actually prophesied about the second coming. Right? Go, you can go read it in Jude. I'm not going to go there. But he actually prophesied about the second coming. So when you walk with God, when your heart diligently desires the presence of the Lord, when your heart diligi- diligently seeks after God, doesn't mean you're perfect in your own flesh, but when you diligently seek him, seek him in his holiness, seek him in, he tells you things to come. He'll tell you things to come. He will reveal secrets and mysteries to you. You can expect that. You can expect to see him. Hallelujah. So as a result of Enoch walking with God, we see that life conquers death because he did not, he did not see death. He was, he was translated. So we see truly that as we walk that we get to, we get to be in the presence of our Father. We get to sit. We get to sup with him. We get to walk with him. We get to talk with him. We get to commune with him. We get to have his presence all around us. We get to have him in us. We get to feel his love and his mercy and his grace and his kindness and his goodness. We get to know who the Father is. Just think of that. You get to know who your father is. Hallelujah. Okay, Noah. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith, by faith. Your righteousness comes by faith, not by what you do or don't do, right? Faith sees the unseen. Faith sees the incomprehensible. Faith sees with God's eyes, and it is driven to action by what God has spoken, right? So it sees and it moves. It, it, it goes in motion. It gets the revelation because our Father is so good, and then it moves. Smith Wigglesworth always said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am only moved by what I believe. And we all know Smith Wigglesworth, so we know what he was believing, but for the normal person, you would have to add on to that, and I only believe the word of God. That's what I believe, the word of God. That's what I'm, that's what I'm moved by. Um, so faith puts us in motion. 
In Noah's day, a flood had never been seen. That would be a crazy thought. That would, that would be like, what? What are you talking about? Right? A flood had never been seen. Nobody, nobody that was incomprehensible. No, nobody had a, a matrix in their head for what that even would be. Right? So, but God, to, but God told Noah it was coming, and he told him what to do, as crazy as it seemed. It would have seemed like a ludicrous plan to probably didn't even know what a boat was or what a boat would do. He was just given these plans, and, 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 and the Lord said, go do this. Right? So God gave him a task for something that was totally, he couldn't even conceptualize, and he believed God. He set his feet in motion. He went to act. And what happened as a result? He saved his family and he saved the human race. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he built the ark as commanded by God. So it shows us the motion of faith, the act of faith, the work of faith. Noah's work saved everybody. Well, not everybody, but you know what I'm talking about. So you... You, all of you, when you hear from the Lord or when you have a word, you, walking in faith, brings so-so life. It brings so-so life to you. It brings so-so life to everybody around you. In all realms of life, it is crucial for you to walk in faith, for you to believe God, for you to believe for his best. You walking in faith will always bring salvation, it will bring restoration, it will bring healing to yourself, to your family, to those around you, to your community. Okay, so does that mean that you won't have to take a risk? No, but honestly, is there a risk in the Lord? Is there ever a risk in the Lord? You might as well just settle that right now. No matter what it looks like, if he's told you to do it, there is no risk. You have no risk. You only have blessing. Does it mean that you're not going to be made fun of or ridiculed or persecuted? No, it doesn't mean that. You probably will be, right? You probably will be. But in God, it is not a risk. And... Our faith put in motion makes his best a fact, right, in our lives. So faith in God, it will, it will warn you, just like it warned Noah, it will warn you of things to come, and it will tell you what to do about them when others are left in the dark. Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Who wants to walk in the higher ways? I do. And by faith, you do. By faith, you will. By faith, it's a foregone conclusion. By faith, we access the higher ways of God. 
We access the heavenly realms. We walk through the open door. We walk in the divine nature. We walk in heavenly realms by faith. Faith will give you plans that lead you into victory when others are like, what do we do? And God will show you. You, by faith, become somebody else's ark. Do you see that? You become their ark. Well, it's Jesus, right? But it's you walking in faith. Okay. So, that can be in any area of life. That can be your job. That can be your family. That can be direction for your kids. That can be new ideas. That can be new inventions. That can be new strategies. That can be uh, in your finances. It can be, it's provision in any area, any area. That can be uh, emotional health, healing. So God gave Noah this entire detailed plan. He gave him perfect blueprints. God always has the perfect blueprints for this massive boat that was going to carry him and his family to safety and save the human race. And he listened, and we're all blessed because of it. Right? So, Faith brings deliverance. Your faith, it delivers you from the grip of the evil one. It delivers those around you. Powerful, powerful stuff. Faith sees what the world cannot see or refuses to see. Faith sees what the world cannot see. So he put his faith, Noah put his faith in motion he put it in action, and it set him in the ark of God's destiny, right? I want to be in God's destiny all the time. I want to be in his perfect will. It set him in the destiny of God, completed in his life, safety. So the ark was actually a symbol, listen, it's a symbol of life behind the veil. Do you get that? Do you see that here in this scripture? It's a symbol of living behind the veil. Okay, Abraham. Verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place, he would later receive, later receive, later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He didn't even know where he was going. Can you imagine? You're in your homeland. God tells you to go do something. Can you even imagine, like, here's the whole world in front of you, and you, like, take that first step, and you're like, what next? Okay. Talk to me, God. Right? Can you imagine being there? Can you imagine doing that? Well, you have to do that in your life, in things. Obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in the land of promise because he obeyed and he was not afraid of being a stranger. You are strangers in a strange land, right? You are in this world, but you are not of it. 
What a position to be. We love that position. That's the best position because we're just like Jesus in this world but not of it. I I don't even want to be of this world. I want to be a remedy to this world through, through Jesus. So, do you all remember a couple weeks ago uh, when we first started in this chapter of Hebrews and it said, you know, we were talking about without faith, what the without faith was. See, there are people, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, because they stand without. They stand outside what God has asked them to do. They stand there and as a result, they don't occupy. See, we're not going to stand without. We're going to cross the boundary. We're going to take the step. And we're not going to have that standing without faith. We're going to have occupying faith. Where our feet trod, we take the land for Jesus. Right? That's how we live. That's how we're going to live. So anyway, um, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him. Listen, heirs with him of the same promise. You standing in faith brings in other people, heirs with you of the same promise. Generations beyond you, your children, uh, friends, people that the Lord puts you in contact with. You bring them into the promise with you. Hallelujah. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hallelujah. That's, what I, that's where I want to live. That's where, that's where all you get to live. That's where we get to live. In the city with God as the architect. Hallelujah. So Abraham's trust in God, his obedience, he shows us the obedience of faith. It gave him possession. It gave him occupancy. He had absolutely no idea what lay ahead. Right? He just believed in the goodness of God. He didn't know what was coming. He, he had to leave everything that was familiar to him. He was going into a foreign atmosphere, totally foreign. He was leaving everything he knew. He was going into the atmosphere of faith. I want to live in the atmosphere of faith. Thank you, Lord, that we get to live because you are so good and so kind. You are so faithful. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. You are so wonderful. You are so true to who you are that we get to live in the atmosphere of faith with no reservation, with no concern or fear. We can just rest in the atmosphere of faith because of who you are and because you love us so much. And we thank you for that, Lord. We cannot even thank you enough. I get to rest because you're so good and so true and so honest and so pure and so holy. And you shower that all on us just because we love you. 
We believe you. We get to live in that atmosphere here on this earth, no matter what's going on outside there. No matter what the world is saying. So anyway, as a result, Abraham received his inheritance. And it wasn't just a physical inheritance. It was a spiritual inheritance. You too will receive that inheritance when you see and move with the eyes of faith. You will receive a new destination you will receive a new dispensation. You will receive a new mantle. You will walk into a new land. You will receive a new territory. You will receive a new dream. You will receive a new vision. You will receive a new plan. God will complete the plans, the good plans that he has for you in your life. He promises us that. When you seek and follow God's direction with your heart. By faith, verse 9, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign land. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder was God. You see, beloved, this is a picture of what Christ has done for us and of those of us who follow him, who seek him, who, who, who desire to follow him with our hearts. Because we as believers, just like Jesus, we're in this world, we're not of it. It says in John 17, 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Thank you, Lord, that you have plucked us out. Thank you, Lord, that you have saved us. Thank you, Lord, that you've put us in a new position. You see, we, we, we need to be so pleased with this. We need to be so thankful for this. Because, because of this, because of what he did, and, and the simple act of th having faith in Jesus, we get to trod where, only, where others only dare to dream. Where the world, you see that? Only dreams about. You get the dream. You get God's dream. We get, we get to trod in the pastures of heaven. We get to sup at the table with our Father. We get to enter the promised land. We get to, we are rewarded, blessed, not rewarded, we are blessed with the promises of God. His heart for you is so good. His heart for you is so much more than you can even imagine. So much loving, so, so much love, so much goodness and kindness. We get to live in heavenly dimensions here. We have an open heaven. We live in an open heaven. 
We get to live in the supernatural here. You have full access to your Father. Full access to your Father. We get to live our home, your home, my home, is behind the veil. Hallelujah. Our city, the city that you live in, I'm talking about spiritually, the city that you live in has been designed by God for you. He's your builder. He's your architect. It's a city of glory. Truly, truly. I'm not just saying those words. It's a city of glory. The same glory that God gave Jesus. It's in the scripture. And you get to be the glory carrier. How awesome, how wonderful, how privileged we are as his children. We're called to carry that glory. We're called to spread that glory throughout the earth. You are called to be glory planters, glory spreaders. You see, our faith sees that glory. You get that? Our faith, your faith, my faith sees the glory of God, and we cannot settle for any less. We cannot believe for any less. We have to expand our hearts and believe for that glory because it's the reality. This is not reality down here on earth. It's just not. It's like so against God's reality. And we get to have God's reality when we stand in faith because our faith will see the unseen. Our faith will see with the eyes of God. Our faith sees the promise before it happens. Our faith sees the answer now in our midst. Our faith sees God high and lifted up. Keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We see God high and lifted up, high and lifted up, high and lifted up. But in my life, but in your life. You get that? You get that? Faith sees God in our personal midst, in our personal lives, walking, talking, dwelling together, enjoying one another, taking joy in his, in his fullness, taking joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. From strength to strength, from glory to glory, we live in this earth and we dwell and we have our habitation in the Father now. See that? So do you want God to be your builder, the builder of your city, the builder of your habitation, the builder of your city, the builder of your future? So the answer to that is to believe for all that faith tells you to believe for. You, you believe God for everything that he says. No diminishment. No second best. No, well, this is okay, this is just life. No, <laughs> excuse me. That's another stinking statement. So we, 
we walk with the eyes of faith, we listen, we listen to the Holy Spirit, we listen to our Lord, we obey, we die to self, we make sacrifice, which really isn't sacrifice. We see with future eyes the goodness and the mercy and the promises of God. You see that? We see the God of hope. He is the God of all hope. Never not hope in our Lord. Hallelujah. So I just want to read this one scripture to you because the Lord impressed it upon me. Psalm 24, verse 8. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up your heads, beloved. Lift up your heads, beloved. Lift up your heads, beloved. Lift up your heads. Are you a gate? Yep. You're a gate. You're the gate of Jesus. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors that the king of glory may enter in. That the king of glory may enter in. That the king of glory may enter in. Hallelujah. Who is this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. Hallelujah. And that's what he's deposited in you and through you. Praise you, Lord. Can I read you one more? Okay, let's go to Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Hallelujah. The train of his robe fills this temple. The train of his robe fills your temple. The train of his robe fills your temple. Hallelujah. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. I want to fly with the Lord. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And you get to walk in it. You get to have that as your every moment presence. You get to walk in the glory of God. The whole earth was filled with his glory. That's what I expect. That's what I expect out of my life. That's what I expect in your life. That's what I expect in this church. That's what I expect for our community. The whole earth was filled with his glory. And the sound of their voices, your voice, my voice, your witness, my witness, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Hallelujah. The temple was filled with the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you that we are the light of your glory. Thank you that we are a sweet incense unto you, Lord. Thank you that as we spread your glory upon this earth, that hurting souls will be healed, that deliverance comes, that healing is had, that blind eyes are opened, that the veil is removed. Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, cannot praise you enough. Hallelujah. There's that song that says, what is it? You'll never be praised enough? What's that song? What is it, Emma? What? You can never be praised enough. You can never be praised enough. You can never be praised enough. I can never praise you enough. All right, well, <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to stop, but it's really, 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 really hard. <laughs> praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> we are going to receive our tithes and offerings, but first we're going to take communion.